Superpowers on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers podcast show. I'm your host, Tatiana Berende, and I'm delighted to have with me today Miss Stephanie Sharp. We are going to be discussing recovering from infidelity and a failing marriage. This is going to be such a good conversation. I cannot wait. Um, And you will know why as soon as I finish reading her bio to you. So let me tell you a little bit about Stephanie. Stephanie Sharp is the founder of Vantage Life Design, a provider of holistic coaching that specializes in helping women survive and thrive after infidelity. Stephanie had been serving women for over a decade as a mindset and holistic health coach when infidelity appeared in her own life. Without any personal or professional infidelity experience to draw from, Stephanie searched desperately for support, taking the standard routes, couples counseling, online forums, podcasts, articles, books, etc. None of it worked. So she turned inward. Reviewing her years of client care and pulling from the fields of psychology, relationship studies, gender studies, anthropology, spiritual practices, NLP, and personal development to not only heal her wounds, but to provide a quantum leap in self-awareness and personal power. From this journey, enlightened affair recovery was born. EAR denies victimhood and is committed to healing the insanity that our contemporary story of, quote, love creates. She says, women in our culture have been sold a bag of goods. We've been convinced that love is a commodity that we have to earn through being good enough, sexy enough, etc. And if we aren't enough, we've been taught that love can be taken away. This narrative holds us hostage and holds us back from living our best lives from the vantage point of our highest selves. Surprisingly, infidelity offers the destruction necessary to break up our old limiting beliefs so that we can consciously create new beliefs and practices that support our authentic desires. Enlightened Affair Recovery is focused on using destruction to create whatever the hell we want without shame, blame, or victimization. I love that so much, and I'm so excited that you are here today. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for having me. I'm excited. Absolutely. It's going to be a good one. So... Before we dive in, will you please tell our listeners what your superpowers are? Yeah. And you know, this is such a great question. I was really kind of sitting with it um, these last couple of days. And, you know, and it's it's funny, what I came to, what I really I was able to kind of wrap up in this great little fundraise is I realized that, you know, my superpower is I have x-ray vision. And when I say that I have no way. <laughs> I do. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's pretty <laughs> Pretty, pretty, you know, standard fare for superheroes. But um, X-ray vision in that, you know, what I and why I chose that term was I thought, you know, what I am, what I have been blessed with, you know, through trial and tribulation and and whatnot, is um that I really can see the the love behind the confusion, and I can mm. see the divinity within the human within the human condition, mm. and and that that you know, and you could call it, you know hyper empathy or, you know, whatever you want. But I love that idea of it being x-ray vision because, you know, you really, in, in my life experiences, you know, professionally and personally getting to that place where you really can take that concept of like, 
you know, namaste, like that the, the, the light in me recognizes and honors the light in you. And when you can actually have that x-ray vision with, with people in the real world, right? People who are going around the world and they're, they're, we're like, I, like we all are, you know, as the human being part of ourselves, sometimes making really bad choices or behaving in ways that don't really reflect our inner light. And when you can have x-ray vision, um, and that's my, again, I do really think that that when I nail it down, that's the superpower. It's, it's so freeing, you know, it's so freeing because it really gives you that opportunity to, to not, to not take things personally and to really, really speak to and connect with that, the, the, the real, real that's behind all, behind all the, all the stuff. So yeah, x-ray vision. I love that. You nailed that superpower question. I just got to say that was one of my favorite answers so far. Um, phenomenal. Yeah, I, I, um, mean, I, just, I couldn't, I couldn't leap on, over tall buildings. I mean, I can jump pretty high, but, <laughs> but, 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 that, but I'm, I'm pretty short, you know, five foot. There's, there's, no, there's no, there's no tall leaping on any level for, for, for little shorties like me. So <laughs> I'm joining the club. I'm in the short club too. <laughs> Um, so, so I love that so much. I, that was so beautifully and eloquently said, and, and it really, you know, the topic that we're talking about and that you've, you know, devoted your career to mm-hmm. is that can be one of the hardest places to have that x-ray vision, you know, uh, because absolutely. when there's been a, when there's been an agreement that's been broken, um, there's heartbreak there. There's all the pain and the stories and the, you know, all of that. So, so how have you been able to use your X-ray vision um, in those in those kinds of situations? Well, you know, I think that the the you know when you think about X-ray vision, right? It's this concept that there's something in front of of something, right? Like there's something that X-ray vision is all about looking through one layer to get to the truth. Yes. And with, with the, with the work that I I have done again, you know, really springing from my own personal experience on it, um, it's really about, it's, it's really about the unraveling and the, the taking down and the really, again, we, I I talk a lot about, you know, destruction and creation Mm -hmm. with, with the work that I do in that x-ray vision and the way that it, the way that it has shown up is that when you can get to the point where you recognize that so much of, of what our beliefs are, again, get diving right into it, kind of, especially about love and relationships Mm -hmm. in our culture, when you can get to the point where you realize that so much of what we have taken as truth and as real and as, as all encompassing and, and it's, you know, very black and white and it's this and it's that. And if it's not, then it's, if if it's not this, then it's that, you know, this kind of thinking when we can get to the point where we can kind of pull ourselves back and go, okay, that's presenting. Okay. There, there's that, there's that layer there. There's that, that, that thing that I've been drawn into. And it's actually being drawn into that particular story, that particular framing of the truth that is causing so much pain. Mm -hmm. When I can pull myself back from that and, and observe it from an, from a more impersonal place and recognize that like, wait a minute, this is, this is a layer. This is a story. This is a framing that we've all been sold, that we've all been taught. And, and there's really not been a lot of questioning about it. So, so give us an example, because because uh, um, 
I want, I want our listeners to be able to really grasp something concrete. I mean, you, you gave some really clear outlines mm-hmm. um, in, your, in your bio, but, but what, um, what are some of these sort of collective stories that we that oh, yeah. see in sure. operation here? Well, I think, you know, in, in West, in the, for, let's, just, let's just get right, like, let's just talk about, you know, traditional marriage, right? Um, and, we're, and we're obviously talking about Western culture because we have West, listeners right. from all over the world, but we're, you right. know, we're, we're, we're here from our U.S. framework. Right, and I and I apologize for the <laughs> the garbage man out front of <laughs> window right now. In case you're hearing, you know, things. We love the garbage around. man. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's just yeah, let's just talk about Western Western traditional marriage. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole the whole thing is wrapped up in this concept of specialness, right? So. And then there's this story, right? There's one person goes and meets this other person and there's this chemistry and there's this, there's this connection and all of this stuff. And then, and then, you know, we call that falling in love. And I think that that term is so great because it is like a falling, like there's not, you know, and we've all experienced that, like there's not a whole lot of, uh, of conscious you know, entering into right. a lot of, into, into that falling in love relationship that ultimately leads to marriage. But, you know, so we fall in love and, and everything clicks and everything, it, there's just this, again, this, it kind of moves on its own. It's, it has this own kind of life force that pulls us along. And then we, the moment comes where again, in Western traditional marriage, the guy gets a ring. He asks, the, you know, the girl and, you know, whatever in, in, you know, to marry. And what, what's implied in that, what's implied in that is I'm giving you this ring and I am making this commitment to you. You of every single person in the world are special. Yeah. Right. And so in that, then there's this whole next chapter of, well, we're going to get married and it's going to like this. And there's this implication of like this happy ever after story this and again all of that that whole idea of this happily ever after and it's just when you find the quote-unquote right person the one it's yeah. the one right the two become one and soulmates and all this stuff and again and like all you would have to do is look around i mean like every disney story oh yeah it's <laughs> like, all over the media it's so everywhere i mean it's yeah. it's really it's in the ether of our of the western culture yeah and so there's this implied specialness and and again, the problem with that is that if something happens in that relationship, you know, let's right at it. If, if infidelity happens or somebody decides that they need to leave because the whole relationship was, was entered into with this um, initial concept of specialness, by default, as soon as something happens and, you know, that's, that's drastic at that level, there is a feeling, and, it, and again, it does tend to fall on the, on, the, on the woman in the relationship, that that specialness has been taken away. Mm. And so, um, yeah, so I, we, yeah. I'm, I'm going to stop because we do have yeah. to go to a quick break. Um, we've got a lot to talk about. Okay. So before we go to break, will you tell our listeners where they can go to find out more about you and your work? Yeah. Yeah. You can find me at vantagelifedesign.com and you can always reach me at vantagelifedesign at gmail.com. And, uh, I get back to folks pretty quickly. So, um, you can, yeah. Thank you so much. We're talking with Stephanie Sharp about recovering from infidelity and a failing marriage. Obviously we've got a lot to cover, so stay tuned. 
Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer -peer learning, intensive one-on-one -on -one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Okay, we're back. So I love what you were saying right before the break about this sense of specialness. And really, I think it ties into um, this cultural storyline that we have that our worth is determined by a partnership, by being, by being deemed valuable by another human. Right. Right. Which is like such a flawed premise and can in and of itself lead to so many problems and so much heartache. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it really is about this in our, and again, you, you nailed it. I mean, the, our culture is really our, everything in our, in Western culture tends to be driven by this idea of external satisfaction mm -hmm. that, you know, we have to, that, that we in our, of ourselves are incomplete. And so we have to go and find our completeness outside of ourselves. Yeah. And, and again, the narrative that we have and the stories we have, and, and we kind of hit on it before the break, this whole, the whole idea of two becoming one, like, mm -hmm. which is, which is nice. And what's interesting is that when you actually do research on the history of marriage, you know, for, you know, the, the marriage as we know it, right, this whole, again, this two becoming one soulmate thing, in the history of marriage, and marriage, the first instance of there being any kind of record of, you know, a man and a woman coming together in a partnership is 5,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. So in a 5,000-year window, we have only had our current understanding of, you know, the love and soulmate thing for really only the last few hundred years. Right, because marriage has been traditionally a contractual agreement. It's exactly. about land and goods. Politics, and, right, yeah. right. Now, again, for someone who's going through infidelity right now in the hell of it, and I know what that's like because I've been there, like, that's fine and well. <laughs> nobody, yeah. nobody's, nobody's getting their heart, their heart healed by knowing that, you know, what they're experiencing is, yeah. is, is a novel concept in human history, right? Like, that's, yeah. that's, it doesn't help. But, um, but again, to understand that, that it is so culturally based. I mean, the way that women in the U.S., for example, the way that we, we view infidelity is a totally different wound than say, to, you know, generally speaking women in South American countries mm. or in, in African countries. I mean, there is, there is a changing understanding about what the appropriate level of pain, you know, and, and, and disappointment and everything is. And I yeah. think that's, you know, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just, I've, I've been reflecting on this cause I've been, I've been writing a book and, and, um, and in my own upbringing and my relationship to sexuality and love was so shaped by experiences that I had growing up because my father had a lot of affairs mm -hmm. um, with women. And, and, and yet, you know, I've been really reflecting on what you just said because my father grew up in Eastern Europe. He was Romanian. And in Romanian culture, infidelity is, is not uncommon. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's still painful and there's still, you know, like I said, when I was writing my book, you know, it's like makes for good songwriting material, <laughs> but, um, but there is the way that my mother internalized the pain of that infidelity was so intense, um, mm-hmm. and had such an impact on my upbringing, mm-hmm. um, because it so deeply impacted her sense of self-worth. Right. And she was my female role model. And, and, you know, and I've been sitting with this question of like, wow, what would my experience have been like in, and what would my imprinting around relationship and sexuality have been like had we been in a different cultural context when that was happening. Right, right. And 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 had, yeah, absolutely. And how had how would it have been different if the if your mom had had a different I mean that's part I mean when we talk about narrative, right? We talk about cultural narrative and this overarching narrative, the stories that we tell. I mean, and I think what's interesting about that is that also as women, the way that we process experience and make meaning is narratively based, right? I mean, that we talk, we- we're storytellers. We're storytellers, yeah. exactly. And so, you know, what would it have been like if the way that she had created the narrative for herself around that, how, if she had done it from a different perspective, yeah, how would it have affected you? And I think that that is such a, I think it's so important as we move forward into this, you know, into the next generation, and we we have these stories as women to tell to our children about mm-hmm. how things go, is and and I think that's really at the root of it is is that we actually do have the choice about how we are going to frame the experience of infidelity. Yes, it hurts. Yes, it's wounding. Yes, it's it it really it. I mean, really, at the depending on how strongly the the you know traditional narrative has been embedded in in your psyche there is an absolute shakeup of who you are yeah. i mean when you enter into you know the two becoming one we're getting married and we're going to live happily ever after and we're going to grow old together and die together and have this life together right of course you're entering into that under the premise that things are going to go a certain way Right. And, and that you're going to be, you know, and that, and that there is a sense of two lives being intertwined. However, what I think is, 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 is presenting itself as an opportunity because we have so much infidelity, because we have so much divorce, because we have all of these things that clearly there's an issue here. Clearly there is something (laughs) that needs to change. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if we were able to start having the narrative be more of like, wow, how do you before you 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 find that person? Like if we were to raise our children and not just our daughters, but we if we were to because because men oh, fall into yeah. this issue too, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's it's not just poor women and men are going about and they're fine. No, men are hurting too. Men are hurting so badly. Yeah, and you know, but if we were to have the narrative with our children, if we were to have the messaging in our culture of like you find out who you are you prioritize what makes you happy you prioritize you know coming to your own philosophy about how the world works and you you create your own life and in the process you might find someone who is who shares the same beliefs as you who shares the same philosophies as you who you get along with and you can have these parallel lives right and you know these are these this that's a different narrative and that's that's from a narrative of and and this is something that i think is really vital to the conversation too about infidelity is that that kind of narrative is based on abundance Mm. and infidelity the whole mindset of infidelity the reason why you know 
really why, and that's the biggest question I get like, well, why would he do this? Why did, you know? Um, and again, obviously there can be different iterations of it, but from my experience and my perspective on this is that infidelity happens in our culture from a poverty consciousness. Mm. There is a poverty consciousness. There is a something, something that I need. There is a need that I have that I think, and again, this is not a conscious thing, right? Of course, right. It's a very unconscious thing, but there is a need that I have that I think I can get outside, that I can get externally. I am lacking. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's one of the really important things uh, to, to remember in the infidelity process is that, and in the experience of, of the healing from it, is that um, there is really, there's nothing wrong with anyone's need. No need, if it's presenting, is wrong. Where things, you know, where the wheels fall off on it and where things start to get unhealthy and damaging is when, is when that person, when the need is presenting and it's not given enough analysis, it's not really being looked at, it's not being named, it's not being claimed, and it's not being shared. Yeah. Right. And it's not being shared with your partner. And that's where, I, where, you know, again, that narrative, nowhere in our general narrative do we have, when we have all the whole to become one and lovey-dovey and happily forever and all that nonsense, but nowhere in our narrative is like, this, this is your best friend who you should be able to share everything in your heart with. Yeah. This is, this is in order to show up as love in your relationship, you have to be transparent. Yeah. You have to be willing to, to say the things that are scary. Absolutely. Right. And, but again, that is something that is not of value in our culture. We don't value and we don't prioritize shadow. We don't prioritize, look, something in, inside of you is causing you shame, but it still needs to be given light. It still needs to be given love. So, And I'm, I'm hearing right now, I'm hearing the, the women who are like, yeah, but he won't talk. What, what, what do I do when right, he doesn't talk? Right, right. Hmm. Well, that's, that's one of the, that's one of the big ones. And, and this isn't really a tool that I, that, and really kind of one of the tenets of some of the work that I, of, that I do with, with my clients is that, you know, he won't talk. Here's the thing. If you are going to, and this is not going to be a popular, popular statement, <laughs> but it's just right. the truth. Yes, let's do that. We, we're, we're, we value truth over popularity. <laughs> that's yeah? right. Every damn time. Yep. Um, if you are going to attempt to reconcile, if you've been cheated on by your partner and you have decided that you're going to give this thing a whirl, you're signing up to be the leader. You are signing up to be in the leadership position. And I know it's pissing a lot of women off to hear that because they're like, well, wait a minute. And you see this all the time. It's like, well, he's got to do this. He's got to do that. He's got to be the one. He broke it. He has to fix it. Mm-hmm. That mentality, yeah, that would be fair. But we're not dealing with someone who has the capacity to make change. Clearly, or that wouldn't have happened. happened. Right. And I mean, and I I kind of, I give it the analogy of like, you're in a marathon and your marathon partner is blind and deaf and 
they they literally they they can't see the finish line much less know where to go and they can't even hear the audible cues of like go left go right go straight like you're dealing with someone who by the very fact that they had the affair in the first place has shown that they are lacking emotional awareness they're lacking vital communication skills they're lacking some courage they're lacking they're lacking again poverty consciousness they had a need they either didn't look at it or they were ashamed of it and acted out like something is is not aligned because people because infidelity is lying and people who lie when you lie it's because you're not confident in your truth that's right right or you don't feel safe in sharing it or you don't feel safe in sharing it, or you don't know how to share it yeah so you know for the women who are like well yeah he did this i know he did this and I know that right now you're lying in a pool of blood and everything is broken in your body. And I'm saying to you, you've got to get up and you've got to lead the charge on this thing. And it sucks and it's not fair. But if you're going to try to, to move this ship, you have to be the captain of it. Well, and I, think, I think it gets to be a really fair question for women in this situation of, you know, knowing that that's the truth do you want to spend the energy to do that or not? And that is a choice that you get to make. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and that's where, that's really where faith comes in. Mm. Some kind of faith, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, Because, you know, the infidelity question, as you know, as is probably kind of evident already in this conversation, it's about so much more than somebody going and have sex with somebody else. Like there's so, there's so much more really to, to getting to the root of this thing. And, you know, do yet it's absolutely a valid question. And how do you know? How do you know? And, but that, I think that's really where you get to what's really going on. You don't, you don't, you do not know if, if you could do everything under the sun, if you could, you know, if everything could happen, we cannot foresee the future. We cannot know the unknown. I, and, and I think that that's one of those things where if you're going to say to yourself, God, I have to be in this leadership position. I'm going to have to be the one to do it. Yeah, it's going to be effort. And yeah, at the end of the day, you might not be able to save your marriage, right? And, and, and the truth is, is where the faith comes in is that, you know, maybe that's going to end up being the very best thing for you. Maybe that's going to be, maybe the experience that you have with this infidelity, maybe the growth that you are going to experience by pulling yourself up out of that bloody puddle and taking charge of your life and, and changing things the way that you want them. Because I think, I mean, when we talk about destruction and creation, that's what's so cool. Mm-hmm. If you can see it, mm-hmm. when everything in your life gets blown up, guess what? When everything goes to hell and you're like just sitting there looking at all the pieces. Clean canvas. That's right, baby. Like you have got this amazing opportunity. The only destruction brings to go, you know what? All bets are off. Because guaranteed, listen, if you're in a tradition, if you have gotten married under the, in the traditional Western sense of, of the word, there were a lot of implied requirements of you, whether somebody said it to you or not. Mm-hmm. You had gender gender role expectations, whether somebody said it to you or not, mm-hmm. you fell victim to it. You bought into it. And, and there's nothing, there's nothing, there's no judgment on that. We all do. We can't be in this culture and not, and not be persuaded by it to some way, shape or form. But when the, the marriage has been blown up because of the infidelity, 
all bets are off and it's what, and you get to decide how things are going to go. So if you're going to stay or you're going to at least attempt to you know, create something new with your partner, you, you get this window of time to go, wait a minute, what do I want? Mm-hmm. And that's, an, that's another thing. It's like, don't rush it. You know, when, when the affair happens, you automatically, you freak the F out. You're freaking out. You are, you feel like you've got it. You've got to gather everything up and, and rebuild it as quickly as possible because if you wait too long, it could happen again or he could leave or whatever. And like, and there's just this, there's this frantic frenzy of like feeling yeah. like, yeah, like you've got to do it now. You've got to save it now. Like it's time is of the essence. But that's actually one of the worst things you could do because from that space, you're operating from such fear. You're operating mm-hmm. from your lowest level of being, right? Right. And fear. we talk about this all the time at Superpower Experts. When when you operate from your lower frequency aspects, the projection is then going to reflect to you Absolutely. the result. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the things that I, that kind of a commitment that I, that my clients have to make when they work with me is that you have to be willing to take a certain amount of time to, to really step away from trying to fix the relationship because the the relationship itself is dead. The relationship you had is dead. That doesn't mean that the love is gone. That doesn't mean that the potential is gone, but the structure of what you had is no longer there. And nor do you want it to be. Like you don't want to go back and try to to fix it or heal it or rebuild it. I mean, those terms, it's, it's all about taking what was already there and putting it all back together again. And what is presenting with this situation is a is an opportunity, a window of time for you to turn inward and really take stock and do some some self-inventory of, and asking yourself, like, was I was I really happy before the affair? Was I able to show up all the way as my full self? Was I capable of always saying my truth no matter what? Mm-hmm. And nine times out of ten, what what I find with most with pretty much all of my clients is that, you know, even with relationships that were happy, because that's that's a thing too. Not not all relationships that have infidelity in them are quote unquote unhappy or bad marriages. Right. Right. But where the issue is, is that, again, this is all part of our cultural conditioning as women. You know, we're all raised that, that to be a good woman and to be a good wife, there are certain things we do. And one of those things is that we put everybody else first. Right. And there's certain things we don't do. Right. Right. And we, we say yes, oftentimes when we really want to say no, and we say no when we want to say yes. And there's, there's a lot of self-censoring that happens for women in relationships that, that again, is just, just culturally based. And, and, you know, right after the affair, when everything is destroyed, you have this chance to really, to get, to get honest with yourself and go, where, where was I, where was I settling? Where was I not showing up for myself? Where was I not asking for what I wanted? Where did I abandon myself? And again, it's, it's really damn hard to be a woman in this culture and not have self-abandonment be a, a pretty standard playing card. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I, I, I think what you're really speaking to, and this is, this is something I've been sitting with a lot is, is how, um, how culturally terrified we are of death. Oh. And like, if we look at like the, the, um, the triple goddess of, you know, the maiden, the mother and the crone, like we've totally, um, uplifted the maiden, you know, we're just, we're supposed to look like we're 20 for the rest of our life. (laughs) And, you know, our, our breasts are never supposed to sag, uh, even if we've had children and have nursed four babies or whatever, you know, um, we're not supposed to have any wrinkles and the crone 
is like totally like she doesn't even exist. She is put away in a home somewhere. We lock her up. Um, and, and, and what you're talking about with this destruction principle, this is, this is that crone archetype that like things coming to an end, yeah. coming to, to a close. And, 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 you know, when you, when you're talking about giving time and space, it's like, there is a death that has occurred. Mm-hmm. This fantasy that you were living in um, has dissolved. This mm-hmm. idea of what you thought you had is not, has been, the hole has been poked in it. Mm-hmm. And there is a mourning period that gets to happen there too. Like you, you get to mourn the death of that dream, that idea, that failed relationship, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. You get to take some time and honor the close and the changing because Absolutely. if if you don't take that time, if we don't bring the crone in and honor that phase, then you are going to just go ahead and recreate the same. Absolutely, thing absolutely, and you know, God, that that is such a. You just gave me goosebumps talking about that. I love mm-hmm. that so much. Um, yeah, the 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 not, and it, you absolutely know because yeah, any anything that has to do with dying in any way, shape, or form in our culture is, is death is the like, ultimate. Literally, figuratively, like metaphorically, whatever. It's like nope, we don't want to look at that. Yeah, and it's the ultimate failure. Yeah, the yeah. whole medical system is based around it's like nailed it. Ultimate failure. failure stuff. Yeah, you that there's a perfect word for it, failure because that's that is I mean within the context of this particular conversation about, you know, infidelity, failure is that huge thing, right? Yeah. Like even even though we did nothing, you know, we did nothing never ever 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 is it the fault of the person. It has nothing ever to do with that person. And yet we do take on that, that sense of failure. Like, you know, we, we could have done something else if we'd only done this or done that, we could have saved it. So I have a question Um, for you with that because, because I do think that there are, and, and in this inventory that you invite Mm -hmm. your clients into, there is sort of a reflection of like, what could I have done differently? Mm -hmm. And moving forward, what would I do differently? And oh, so yeah. not from a place I've been in this, I actually did a whole, you know, post about it recently and I'm going to write an article about it too, because I think we're really not very adept in our culture at, at, at acknowledging where we maybe did mis- have a mistake or a misstep mm-hmm. or could have done something better without going into complete self-loathing and uh, right. separatement and shame right. and the whole thing. And it's like, can we look at, well, wow, maybe, maybe there were signs and maybe I could have responded differently. And that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with me and I need to go and flagellate myself in a closet and like, right. oh, I'm a terrible person because I didn't pick up on that. But like, can this be an educational experience? Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, no. And I think that that's, you know, that that's, that's, you bring up such an important point in that even while we have zero responsibility for somebody's choices. Right. Right. I mean, we could, you know, let's just throw it out there. Let's just imagine for a second that we were, we were, we treated our partners horribly and, you know, we, we weren't kind and we, you know, we, whatever the case, it doesn't really matter. Ultimately in the day that person still had a choice Yes. In, in identifying what wasn't working for them, communicating it, and then acting and then, on it or not, acting yeah. on it or not, and you know, and you know, it's so absolutely there is that line, and I think that 
you know, where you talk about this learning opportunity, um, that's why I think it is so important that that when one when one is dealing with infidelity, um, that their focus is really on their self mm-hmm. and on self inventory. And I'm really yes. getting because because what 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 my clients always find when we start kind of digging deeper is that the the way that they abandon themselves in the relationship over the course of of time mm-hmm. it was always it was always the residual of that self abandonment yeah. that ended up causing any behaviors that they could point out and go you know what i kind of blew it there or you know what? i kind of i see where i did that you know or i i see where i can take responsibility for maybe you know i was i i, I was mimicking the way that my mom treats my dad, you know, and there's so much of that family of origin stuff too. So, so I think that, um, you know, that, that the, the opportunity for not only being able to go, you know what, I, I kind of, you know, I'm not perfect in this relationship, but I know that I, I, I do my part. I show up, I, I speak my truth all the time and I do it in a way that's, that's, you know, I, I value my communication skills and I've worked really hard to make sure that when I, when I ask for my needs that I ask them in a way that is, you know, that is clear and concise and direct and emotionally neutral. Like there, there's absolutely, I think, you know, it's that idea of like, there really aren't any, as long as you're looking at what happens and you look at it from that expansive mindset and that abundance mindset of going, wow, I, I there's an opportunity for me to have done that differently. How, how do I, what do I, what beliefs, and ultimately it's that, right? What beliefs do I need to heal in myself so that I feel capable and courageous enough to change that behavior, to, you know, communicate in a different way? And, you know, there's, and I think about relationships like this. I mean, you know, we, you have these two people that are coming from the inherited belief system of their family of origin. Mm-hmm. And they're dealing with the whatever skill sets their family of origin had or did not have. Right. Right. And so, you know, we come together in these relationships and nine times out of 10, we're clueless about what those things are. And then you have this alchemy between these two people and those inherited mindsets and beliefs. And it, and it births this third entity, which is the relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's, that third entity could not be what it is with any other two people. It's that right. special chemistry for good or for bad, for better or for worse, that is born of those two people coming together. Yes. But that's, that's the beauty of relationship. And that's another thing that, you know, my, you know, when we get down to it, if you get to the point where you realize that you don't need relationship to be fulfilled, mm. that you can be love and you don't have to get love, Right, that it's that difference between love being this commodity, this this give or take. It can be given to me. It can be taken away from me if I do something wrong, and you actually start to be love. Um, then you get to that next really cool question of like, okay, well, if I don't need relationship for X, Y, and Z, if I actually have X, Y, and Z all to myself, what is the point of relationship? Yeah. Right. Like, what? Why? Why do we all keep doing it? <laughs> right. Because clearly, it's like. We can, women, we can have a job now. We can have our own credit cards now. We can vote now. Like, and I think that that's this really cool thing to remember too. It's like, we've only had those things, those rights for less than like a hundred years. Not even, we've only got- Less than. It was like in the seventies, we got to have our own credit cards. Right? Like that's mind 
flowing. Like that's crazy. So like, if you look at those facts and you like 50 years, 50 years, I know. And it's like, if you don't think that we deal with the residuals of that, even though it's 2019, you're not paying attention. Yeah not paying attention because we do. We are still dealing with the residuals of that. But anyway, back to what I was saying is that when you get to that point where you realize that you, you, that you actually don't have to be a relationship, but you get to what is the point. And I think that for, for, for my perspective on it, when you have two people who have complete self-love, and what is that self-love? That is that is owning your lightness, your light and your shadow. That is learning, to, just speaking to what you just spoke about, about being able to look at the places where you kind of miss the mark and going, okay, what, what's, what is that? What is that belief there? How do I heal it? How do I love it? Mm-hmm. And how do you get to the place where you can, you can accept all of yourself? At that point, you actually can accept a whole, another person. And at that point, you know, when you have self-acceptance and self-love, you typically don't lie. Yeah. You typically don't lie because you realize that you speaking your truth is the most loving thing that you can do because that's intimacy. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, you get to that place where um, when you don't have, when you're actually being love and, and with another person who is in their love and it's not attachment, then you get to look at relationship as going like, wow, what an amazing practice for me to to be able to to have somebody else to to bump up against, right? To have my stuff hit, and it gives me a reflection back of like, oh, where am I still holding back? Where am I still scared? Where do I still have poverty consciousness? Like, that's ultimately, I mean, that's what relationship is, right? I mean, absolutely, when- I do believe that is that that's yeah. the highest the highest expression of relationship and what it serves. Um, in its in its highest aspect is exactly that is the container for growth and development and it's a phenomenal container when we approach it as that um, right I do believe that you know there's you can only go so far with that if only mm-hmm. one party in the relationship is viewing totally. it as that. totally and and that's and that's you know and that when we bring it back to the infidelity thing like and you had talked about it earlier in our in our in our time together of like, but what if he's not doing anything? What if he's not showing up? What do I, you know, do I, how, how long do I put up with this? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, the, the, what I have discovered personally and professionally is that, you know, just like I was talking about, there's that third entity nine times out of 10. If the woman is even in her pain, even in her anger, even in her whole experience, if she is willing to, take the leadership role of going, okay, well, we're going to give this thing a try and see it. And she is willing to, because what's happened at that point is that there's been such a shift in power. She Mm -hmm. has felt like all of her power has been taken away. She Mm -hmm. feels like she has been stripped bare of her sense of self. She feels so incredibly vulnerable. And, and there's this feeling of if I do, I don't know what made this happen, but clearly I must've had some role in it. I mean, again, this is not necessarily a conscious thought, but but if I do or say the wrong thing, it's going to get worse or it's mm-hmm. going to happen again. So she's really in a place of being paralyzed. Even in that, if she can, you know, with, with faith, with, with support, with whatever it is, if she can start taking on that leadership role and start being, start embodying 
the woman that she wants to be when she imagines her her herself without of all of her non with all of her bullshit all of the stuff that she believes about herself that isn't true all of the all of the ways she's abandoned herself and again there's that part of it it's being able to take the time to do that self inventory but yeah. if she can take that leadership role one of two things is going to happen he is either going to get inspired and he, when he realizes that she is no longer looking to him to make things right, because he doesn't know what the hell's going on. He's, I mean, you know, he, that's the thing too, is that guys who have been cheating, they've been living in la-la land. They've yeah. been living in this fantasy world for God knows how long. And when the affair gets discovered and he comes crashing down to earth and comes crashing back into the reality of like, oh my God, this happened. I did that. Like, I mean, it's, you know, in our culture, guys who cheat aren't looked upon very well. Right. You know what I mean? So he's contending with like, oh my God, not only did I get caught and I'm having to face the music on all this stuff. Social repercussions. Right. And he's, but, but he's also like, that dude doesn't know his head from a hole in the ground at this point. (laughs) Right. I mean, clueless, clearly. (laughs) Right. So my point is, is that if she, if she can, you know, dig deep and, and connect with her divine feminine, her divine strength, the God of her understanding, whatever it is, get the support she needs and, and really start, start embodying what she wants to have, the attributes that she wants to have in her relationship. She starts really showing up with that in herself and she's no longer looking at him to like lead the charge. Mm-hmm. When he actually has that space and he realizes that, okay, the pressure's off of me. She's not looking for me to fix this because I don't know how to fix it. And guess what? Guys don't like not knowing how to get shit done. Right. They like, don't like not they, knowing how to fix that. Like, no. So it's yeah. like you take this person who is clearly clueless about many, many things and, and bless their hearts, right? <laughs> and then you throw them in a situation that is like really kind of a life or death feeling. And then you, you expect him to be able to know what to do. And he doesn't know what the hell is going on. Like talk about making somebody who's already insecure. They're just going to burrow down deeper. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but what happens is when the woman, when she gets turned inward and she starts looking at, okay, where am I limiting myself? Where am I, where have I, have I abandoned myself? Where have I gotten into the habit of not prioritizing my own happiness and not taking charge of me making sure that I get what I want and I take responsibility for my own happiness? All of a sudden, nine times out of 10, the guy, it has, he, he's kind of given a little bit, he's kind of put to the side and given a little bit of space. And a lot of times he starts to look at her and she's the light yeah. and he's able to go, oh man, if I want to be with that, if I want to be with her, if I want to be able to continue and be able to, you know, really bask in the amazing light of this woman. Gotta step up. I gotta step my shit up. Mm-hmm. And so nine times out of 10, you know, that's, that's more often than not, that's, that's what happens. And here's the thing that I think is really important to remember too. Most relationships that have infidelity show up, most of those marriages, they don't break up. Statistically, statistically speaking, if you get, if you have infidelity in your, in your marriage or in your primary relationship, statistically speaking, that relationship doesn't end. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really, that's really important. And I think that can also be something that's really, really terrifying to consider yeah. is that if if statistically speaking you're probably not going to lose your marriage you're probably not going to lose your cheating partner what does that mean like <laughs> something has to change yeah. 
something has to change in the dynamics of the relationship. And how do you change the dynamics of the relationship? You look at the dynamics of the individuals of that relationship. That's right. And so if, if the woman can get to that point in whatever way, shape, or form it needs to happen where she has faith that she can take her white knuckles off the steering wheel of like, oh my God, what do I do next to keep them here and to save the marriage and actually turn inward and, and, and really question, you know, what do I want to experience in my relationship? How do I want to feel in my relationship? Who do I want to, how do I want to see myself in the relationship and, and really be able to break down like, okay, where, where am I living from a poverty consciousness and what needs to change? And in the meantime, you know, things in the relationship are going to, are going to very, very magically, things in the relationship tend to change. And it's a win-win, right? Because if she goes and, and she really focuses on getting back to putting herself first and loving herself above all others, you know, and, and really, and, and on what I, what I call being consciously selfish, mm-hmm. she can learn to do that. Either he steps up or he doesn't. And at that point, she will be so on another level of being that to end the relationship is no longer going to feel like life or death or like her world's going to end. So either way, she wins. Either way, she comes out of this thing and she is golden for it because she's starting to really take her life back and take her life back in a way that is is above and beyond just the affair happen. It's really about a, a reorienting about what her beliefs are about love, about relationship. And so she's not going to carry any of this, any of this stuff forward, any of this un- unconscious belief in this, this is the way it is about relationships and love and how I have to be. You know, again, getting back to the original question of like x-ray vision, when you can get that x-ray vision for yourself and you can see through the stories that we all buy into. And again, it's, it's not, it's not a flaw on our part. It's just part of being the culture. It's what yeah. happens when we can get our own x-ray vision and see through the stories and realize this is a story. This is a story that I can believe in, or I don't have to believe in. And, and, you know, I have that choice. And I think, you know, to kind of sum it all up, I think that's what one of the greatest gifts and one of the greatest, you know, lessons of infidelity is, is that, you know, these two people have come together and they're living this life together. And the, 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 the wife or the person who's getting cheated on or whatever, that person has thought that life has been a certain way and that the relationship has been a certain way and that her partner is a certain person. It, it talk about what a great opportunity to go, whoa, multiple realities are happening all the time. She mm-hmm. was in one reality about how things mm-hmm. were and he was in something totally different. And yet she just assumed and he just assumed that their perception of what was happening, their story was the true story. Yeah. But clearly it wasn't. Right. So I think that, you know, that x-ray vision is really what's so, so um, valuable of a gift that you can get out of it is recognizing the stories that we, that we buy into and recognizing that we have choice and that we really do, we really can, we can create the relationships we want and we can get past the infidelity and we can actually, and I think that this is really what it is more than anything that I hear is women want to be able to make this a, a story of, of, um, a victory, 
They don't want this just to be like, this is this terrible, horrible thing that happened to me and it destroyed me and oh, and, and, and they're stuck down, down again in that puddle of blood and, and broken bones. They, women want, everybody does, but I think women, especially in this particular case, they want to be able to look back on their lives and go, that was one of the most powerful experiences they ever had. And you know what? I wouldn't change it for all the, all the money in the world. Yes. And that's, and that is what is possible. And I think I really want to um, emphasize before we um, wrap up here, just how nuanced some of the stuff that we've been talking about really is and how tricky it can be because when you know that like, okay, there is a secret sauce and there is magic that happens when I claim these things, it can almost honestly make it harder because because it's like, okay, when I get to that point, you know, but then we have this striving, this yearning around, um, around shifting certain patterns of behavior that that can interrupt it in and of itself, the process. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I, I want this and I'm still goal driven, right? I, mm-hmm. I want this end result. He'll, I'll get him to, I'll get him to right. stay if I can claim yes. power in all these, in all these spaces. And so that's why I just really want to emphasize the importance of having support in this kind of a process um, because we are so, so skilled at tricking ourselves. Oh, absolutely. And I think that you just said something that, that I, I, oh God, is so, so, so very important, which is that um, the goal for a fair recovery, enlightened affair recovery anyway, is it can never be about getting the person back. Yeah. It never, if that is what happens, great. But again, that getting that person back, that's still the same poverty consciousness. That's still that same of like, I need this to be okay. Mm-hmm. And it's that, it's that mentality that is at the root of the original wound. Right. Right. So yeah, absolutely. You nailed it. Yeah. Um, I want to thank you so, so much for this conversation. This has been a blast. Mm. Um, I know we put out a ton of value there. So um, to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. We've been talking with Stephanie Sharp. Go check her out at Vantage Life Design. Um obviously she's a wealth of information on this topic. And again, I just want to thank you so much, Stephanie. For coming oh my gosh. Thank you. You, this has just been such a wonderful, wonderful treat to spend this time with you. So yeah, thanks a yeah, bunch. Likewise. <laughs> um, and to our listeners, if you have not yet come and joined us in the superpowers, our real group on Facebook, come and play with us in there. Come and then check out our programs. Um, superpowerexperts.com forward slash programs. We've got some really fantastic, collaborative offerings for you over there and I just really want to hammer home there's so much good information in here if you need to go back and listen to it again do so steep yourself in it this this was a really really important topic and so much value in there so until next time go out and love yourself so that you can love the world more deeply many many blessings are you ready to discover your superpowers go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today